0: fearlessly. This month, we're celebrating transitions. We're all making a transition right now from summer to fall, from high school to freshman year of college, from senior year to first job. Transitions are happening all around us all the time. And this week, you're going to meet Ashwath, who's made some pretty big transitions this year. He's moved all the way from India to the States to go to school at Georgetown. He's taken some courageous leaps really, really bravely. I want you to listen closely to this week's episode and see what you can learn from him and see if you're stepping into your transition with courage. All right. Well, welcome, Ashwat, to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm really excited to get to know you and talk to you. Now, you are a rising sophomore at George Washington University.
1: That's right.
0: And you um, are originally from India. When did you move here?
1: So I moved here six months ago, actually, um, at the beginning of December. So it was actually my first semester at GW as a freshman. I took a gap semester and then I moved here. So it's been a pretty you know, huge transition moving from India. But I was actually born in the U.S., so it's not my first time here. I have visited a couple of times, but this is my first time being here without my parents living on my own.
0: Wow. Okay. So we're talking a lot on this podcast about navigating this college, you know, transition consciously and mindfully and how hard it can be to move away from home and go to school. And you had to move away like from the country you grew up in into a completely different culture without being close to your family and a different time zone like a whole different way of being. I can't imagine what that's like. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first, it's not a big challenge, but it's one of the challenges is the different spellings, the different metric system, the different yeah. measurement systems. It's just so different because the United States is the only country in the world who uses that.
0: It's but super weird. It's, it's,
1: it's a little weird just getting used to that, getting used to the currency. And, um, you know, it's all these small things that build up. For example, if you take the dollar and the rupee conversion, it's a lot of difference. So whenever I was spending money, I would be like, wow, I'm spending so much. But it was actually that conversion that it gets time to get used to. It was also the accents. It was also meeting so many people. And I think if I had any advice for that, I would be give yourself time. Because I gave myself enough time to get to stuff. I knew that You know, I don't have to have 10 friends in the first week. I can have one friend and that's still okay. I can have no friends and still it's okay. I just give myself enough time to go out and approach people to, you know, start working or to do stuff. Just give yourself enough time and don't push yourself into something. I think that's one important thing I found out.
0: Well, I imagine, I think that's really great advice to give. And I think that many of us, when we're going into a new experience, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of, you know, unknowns out there. And how did you deal with all those unknowns?
1: I think, um, like I said, so for the first one month, I didn't do anything. I was in university, I was trying to get used to my schedule, I was trying to get used to my classes. But I also wasn't in a rush to do that I was able to just space out myself and you know go to classes try to meet people or join clubs I think the main challenge is to not push yourself to know your limits because I knew that if I did a certain thing I would not be happy and so I didn't do that thing I think happiness is key and also you know when you talk about mental health and anxiety if you know certain situations give you anxiety do not go there you know, you can slowly face yourself into those situations to make it easier. So, you know, you have to learn those tricks on how you you work because you know yourself best. So just learn how to do it yourself and just go into it by whatever side with you.
0: Yeah. So self-awareness is a big thing we talk about on this podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And you really do need to know yourself. Um, But so many of us at you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 are still getting to know ourselves. Yeah. It sounds to me like you, you've already had a sense of like what, you know, what was good and what was not good for you, what was supportive to you. How do you think you develop that self-awareness at such an early stage in life?
1: I think for me, it was a lot about just doing a lot of things because you only know that something's wrong when it doesn't work and you only know it doesn't work when you try it so if you're not if you're unsure about something do it and then you know what happened if you if you fail at it fine you learn something from it if you if it's good for you then you learn that it's good for you i think a lot of people are afraid about failing they're afraid about things that don't work for you you. but for me um i embrace failure because it teaches me so much and i think it's okay for us all to fail because we all fail at some point and we only get stronger through that so I think for pe- it's important for people my age to just try different things without the fear of failure, to try things to embrace failure and just, you know, once they fail, they learn more after that and they overcome that and now they know it doesn't work, so.
0: Yeah, not to let um, failure define you, right? Failure is yeah. actually like welcome failure. How fun exactly. would that be?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. from failure, I get to learn.
1: Yeah, exactly, for sure, for sure.
0: I, I love to talk about failure, and I really um, I, you know I bite my tongue when we make failure bad, which is what we do in this culture, you know like yeah, you get an f it's bad, and I always tell um, the students I work with that failure is an, another opportunity to learn more about yourself
1: right exactly so exactly. I, I, we live in a social media culture where you only hear about the good things that other people are doing you don't hear about their failures and so you think they're all doing those good things but i'm not doing that many good things that means they're doing better than me but we need to start talking about our failure we need to start normalizing failure and i think that's the first step
0: yeah so what has been your biggest failure
1: since Um, you've moved here since i've moved here it's, it's sort of been balancing work and social life. It's been a huge um, thing that I've been trying to work on. It's been a process, but um, it's how do I, you know, make enough friends, but also focus enough time on work and focus enough time on classes. So it's just finding that balance has been something that's taken me long. It's not necessarily a failure, but I feel like I've failed to do it because I could do it so much better. So I think um, I'm still navigating that. So that comes to mind first.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. I started this podcast almost a year ago, and pretty much every single student I talk with talks about this idea of balance and yeah. how challenging it is to find balance. And yeah. one of the things I want to say to you all is I'm, you know, nearly 50 years old in two months and I still don't have it. Like balance is tricky. And I think it's particularly challenging for you guys when you're on, you know, like a fascinating college campus with one opportunity after another, thousands of people to meet, like a, a plethora of courses to take and clubs to join. Like it's it's so tempting to want to do it all
1: yeah 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 and that's something I'm struggling with in a huge way I mean how do I navigate through having so many opportunities but having only the time to do a certain number and that's okay for me because I try to get as much as possible and then if that doesn't work out I move on to the other one so again even with the balance I think it's finding out the balance that works for you if you you know you love hanging out with your friends and working for a certain amount of time a week do that if you love working and you know you're not that much of a social person do that you know whatever works for you do that and that's what I'm trying to do right now
0: yeah and that's trial and error
1: yes exactly you never know unless you try
0: you don't know until you try so why did you decide to move all the way you know to George Washington University what what was what inspired you to do that
1: I think um, so I've always wanted to be a journalist and um, one of the huge things about DC and GW was a lot of journalism opportunities, a lot of um, business opportunities which I was interested in which was a huge factor for me because it was you know going and meeting that network it was how do I get to my goal and GW and DC was you know a stepping stone for that and um, my parents studied here and um, it's always been like a thing that I have to go to the US and study and I kind of just built that into how I studied and how I, you know, gave my SATs or like, you know, studied in um high school. So that played So as, you
0: knew. That, you you always knew you were going to come to school in yes, the
1: US. Yes. Yes. It was yes, a goal of yes. yours. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's exciting. Now, was um George Washington your dream school?
1: No, it wasn't. Again, a story of failure. So, um I really wanted to go to one of the Ivy League schools because um, I thought it would be like a really good um, fit for me. I thought it would be, I would get the best education, also meet a lot of people. I, I applied to GW as one of um, my second or third choices. And then um, I got into GW. I didn't get into any of the Ivies. I got rejected on one day from all of them. And I was pretty disappointed. Wow. I was pretty, dis- it was Ivy Day, I think 28th March. But I was pretty disappointed, but then um, that's when I actually started looking at GW a little more, and um, I found out that it had a lot of advantages that other schools didn't, mainly being the city campus, and I'm really happy now at GW, so.
0: I appreciate you um, sharing that story, because so many students uh, that have this dream of going to particularly Ivy League schools, right? So many people want to go to the Ivy Leagues and there's so few Ivy League schools and so many applicants. Yeah. Um, How did you deal with the rejection? I was really disappointed. Let's get real. Let's get real.
1: Yeah, I was really disappointed at first, but then I was like, you know what? I should be there. And um, I started emailing them. So with Stanford, I emailed Stanford. I sent Stanford this email saying, I'm going to email you 12, times over the next 12 days about why you should take me and they literally replied to me saying um you should focus your time on other things and i kind of took that to heart and i started focusing and that's one of the reasons i took a gap semester was maybe i thought i should you know take some time off work you know do stuff that makes me happy and then reapply but then i took some time off did stuff that made me happy worked a little bit and I was like, you know what, GW is a really good school that I want to go to because I want to be in D.C. and it's um, got a good political science and journalism program. So here I am now.
0: Wow. So what did you do during your GAP semester?
1: So um, I was working as a digital media executive at this um, media firm back home. So I do a lot of social media marketing and um I do a lot of client relationship building for their clients. So that it was called Katana Media Works. So I was working there.
0: In India or in the States? In India. And how did you get that opportunity?
1: So I interned there a year ago. And then, um, so the company was my, was a classmate's brothers and they were at my graduation and they saw on our presentation that I was taking a gap year and they were like, why do not you come work for us? And that's how it happened.
0: Isn't that amazing? I um, interviewed um, a girl recently and we talked about internships and finding jobs and we really talked about the importance of networking.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I never knew that that was going to happen. It happened like a day before my gap semester started. So I was pretty, you know, unsure of what I was going to do. It wasn't, I didn't need to know what I wanted to do, but I was still I'm, you know, gonna figure it out along the way. And then this opportunity just came and I was like, why not? So, and it was a, a really good one. I learned a lot, so. What are about,
0: some of the most important things you learned in your internship?
1: I think it was a lot about how to have a job because that was my first job. And I think it's important, you know, to learn how to work with people, to learn how to work with clients importantly, because you can, It's not about talking to clients in a certain way, but doing certain things that make your client happy. You know, like if you have a meeting, getting all the printouts ready just so that they have it, or, you know, how to find the balance between enthusiasm and over-enthusiasm and, you know, not seem too much out there, but also seem out there enough so that, you know, they they know you're happy and they know you're doing something you like. So I think that's key. That's the key thing I learned there.
0: Hmm. Uh, what did you like the least about your internship?
1: The least, that's hard. I liked it a lot, but um, I think it was, the, it was the period during which all my friends were away and they were in college and it, it felt like I was stuck because I wasn't moving ahead in, you know, in terms of studies. And it was just hard navigating the fact that they were in college, they were making their own friends and I was at work and I was working, but I wasn't really progressing in terms of education. But, you know, once I started thinking about it, it was a process over like a few months, but I actually realized that it wasn't as though I was behind them. It was just, we were on separate paths and we had to figure out our own thing along those ways. So.
0: Yeah. uh, You're pointing at something that I like to talk about called mindset. And this belief that you had with so many students who take gap years or gap semesters or take a break or choose not to go to traditional college, whatever their path is, um, the stories that they make up in their head about where they are relative to their um, contemporaries. Right. Yeah. And like you said, you came to the realization that, you know, I'm not at all behind anyone. I am just on a different path.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'd really like to honor this, um, awareness around we all have our own path.
1: Yeah, and- exactly. I think it's important that you stop comparing yourself with other people and start comparing yourself with yourself. I mean, if you were if you know if you've evolved in the last year, that's really good. Instead of if you've evolved comparing to people your own age. So I think you it's important that you know who you are and you acknowledge that you're in a certain pot and you do stuff to go down that instead of looking at other people on their own paths. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, if a strawberry looked at an apple in the garden and said, I should grow like you, we'd have big problems in nature. Exactly.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So again, this points to self-awareness, this idea of knowing yourself well enough to know, am I evolving? Am I growing? Am I moving in the direction that feels right and um, friendly to me and my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So now you, you show up in the world as a real leader, as a real go-getter, like you, you're really going out and using your life experience to, um, demonstrate what, what leadership looks like. You're, you run a page called seniors of DC, where you share stories of seniors across DC. Um, Tell me more about that and how you were called to do that project.
1: So there's a bunch of projects I'm doing right now. And um, the Seniors of DC is um, one of them for a company called Viva Vita. And it's a startup, and it's part of a program that I'm in with the startup. It's a startup accelerator at GW, and we're building the company. And um, what they do is they bring VR to old age homes. And um, another company- Wait,
0: they bring what? the virtual reality
1: to old age homes and wow um, so that's something i'm working on right now and that's how i i pitched uh, um seniors of dc as a marketing idea to the founder and she was like you know you can just go do it and a lot of this is you know how much initiative you show because a lot of times people are afraid of giving their ideas because they think their ideas will not be accepted and they think their ideas will be copied or they think their ideas will be done without you but you know if you have an idea and you don't talk about it like if you have an idea and someone else has the idea and they don't do it and you do it that means a lot more and you know you shouldn't be afraid of talking about your ideas because if they wanted to do it they would already have done it Mm -hmm. so I think it's important to like you know I understand that people have their ideas and it's their own and they want to keep it in themselves but I think you know you just share it openly and see if other people do it. If other people do it, it was a good idea. So a lot of like the work I've been doing has been, you know, just trying to build um, businesses and market for businesses that also have social causes. So another company I'm working with called Game Genius. We actually build games to support nonprofits and we build board games to help promote them. And we're working on a um, treasure hunt with the National Women's History Museum to create awareness about them. So a lot of the work I do is to build businesses that are sustainable, but also have great social causes and are socially responsible, they have clean money. And I think that's important to me. And because it's important to me, I just keep doing that.
0: Yeah, and why is that important to you?
1: I think ethically, I mean, it it gives me, I just feel the need to, help NGOs that don't have the necessary resources. I just, it's just some innate feeling in me that has me wanting to do that. I can't imagine not being able to help someone who, you know, needs help. It it just frustrates me that there's so many problems in the world that I can't do enough to help. So I just choose to pick the problems I can do something and just work on them instead of, you know, getting frustrated and not doing anything. So I think it's, I just want to help it. And I try to do it in any way possible.
0: Well, you, you bring up a really good point. There are so many causes and there's so many problems um, that I think in particular Gen Z are facing, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm on my way out, right? And you guys are on your way up. And I, I would ask you, like, what do you, well, first of all, I just want to say, I agree with you. I agree that you have to focus on something that speaks to you because there's a plethora of options there's a plethora of problems to solve in the world you have to find the one that lights you up
1: yes exactly
0: but what what do you say what do you think um are the three or four biggest challenges gen z is facing biggest problems social problems
1: yeah um It'd be hard to pinpoint four. I was actually working on an article, and I came up with a list of 15. But, um, so so I mean,
0: there's definitely
1: more yeah, than four. The few that come to mind, I mean, in a, mainly sustainability and global warming. That's, I think, one that we need, we as Gen Z, focus a lot on, because a lot of the world and its problems with sustainability are going to come into effect in the next 10 or 15 years, which is going to be a major part of our lives. And we want to make sure that we survive that, and we want to make sure that the next generation survives that, so that's a huge problem for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the, un- the other one is, at um, least particular to the United States, is gun violence. And I say this because th- it's an issue close to my heart, but um, I work for much our lives, GW, and I handle their communications. And just disappointing to see the amount of inaction that is done, on the you know the number of gun shootings that are in the United States every single day, and um, so I think that's something that's really close to um, my generation because you see a lot of students talking about this, you know, protesting this. So I think that's another issue. Um, another issue is um, gender and LGBTQ plus identity and just identity issues in general. I think um, Gen Z as a generation is trying to find their identity. And it's really important for them to be able to, you know, say who they are and voice themselves. So I think gender plays a huge role into this, just breaking away from the non-binary, just identifying to love whoever you love. So I think that's another huge issue that I think we care about.
0: Yeah, th- those are all like top of the list. I agree with them and you know obviously climate a big one because gun violence and gender issues don't matter if there's not a um you know a world for us to live in exactly yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of attention going there right now which i'm very excited to hear all the energy in your generation going towards impacting climate change yeah for sure now um you talked earlier about you know some fears of ideas you had when you, you were interning and you had, you know, you have this idea, but you had a little bit of fear about presenting your idea and all of us have fears like this, right? We're really, um, you know, it's, it's, it's vulnerable. It's scary to share ideas because we're afraid of being rejected. Right. Exactly. And I heard you say, you just got to overcome that. But then there's still some of us who, who like are unable to overcome our fears. How do you think you're able to overcome those fears and put yourself out there in such vulnerable ways?
1: So for me, this is a very personal experience. It it may not work for others, but it's always worked for me. If I'm scared of something, I go do it, and then I do it again, and then I do it again, because eventually when you keep doing it, you stop getting scared of it. And you don't do it in, you know, if you're scared of public speaking, you don't go and speak in front of a thousand people to get rid of the fear. You go (laughs) speak in front of 30 people, you go speak in front of 40 people, and then you slowly progress, you know, towards a space where you can speak in front of more people. And that's how I did it. I, I was scared of public speaking and, you know, I put myself in situations where I had to speak and then eventually, I'm okay with it and the same thing about ideas I think with ideas if you get rejected enough um, in after a point you don't fear rejection which is I feel a really good space to go into because if you don't fear rejection you don't fear presenting your ideas so I think the trick with this is to believe in yourself but also to just do it with no expectation so if you give an idea with no expectation you're not you know you're not scared of what will come out of it. You just present it. You see what happens. If it's bad, oh no, you tried. If it's good, you try and you got something. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like giving without expectation is huge for me. Just, you know, give people yeah. stuff, give people ideas. Don't expect them to reciprocate. Don't expect them to give you a medal. Don't expect them to pay you. Don't expect them to give you stuff. Just, you know, keep doing it. And eventually you'll see it build up and come back to you
0: beautiful i love that challenge yourself like step into your fears
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: now one of the things i know as i said earlier is that gen z is really facing so many challenges um, that the that the world has left for them these problems to solve what do you think are the three most important qualities of um a good leader
1: i think the first one and this is not in any specific order, but um, one of them is passion. Um, you have to believe in what you're doing to actually do it, and I feel like this is something that is used huge with Gen Z because a lot. If you look at a lot of people, they're in fields they want to do. They're they're studying things they want to study, and so this this becomes really important because if you love what you're doing, you're gonna do it even better and you're gonna be happy doing it. So it's a win-win, you get to solve the issue but also be happy doing it. So, you know, everyone wins. So passion is a huge thing I believe and you should be doing things that make you happy. Um, the second is um, hard work and it's it's cliche but like you need to work hard to do something. And, you know, if you wanna solve an issue you need to understand how much effort you put into it and you need to see whether you're willing to put the effort in or not Mm -hmm. you know if you want to solve a particular issue you have to work 10 or 12 hours a day probably just trying to get to a position where you're good at it Mm -hmm. and I think that's important for our generation is to just do that and um the third thing I think is patience because um these it's good. hard to be patient i face that every day you know when you do something you expect results immediately but um that's not what happens you sometimes have to wait years for stuff to happen and with gen z we need um i feel like at least i need validation immediately i need results immediately so it's hard for me to you know sit down and say you know what i still have 60 more years left You know, there's so much time. And I think patience is important for us because we need to believe that we have more time to do things and then, you know, plan it in a way in which it's not rushed and, you know, we're not doing stuff in a hurry.
0: It's so hard to be patient. Yeah. And to, you know, build your patient muscles.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's a challenge, particularly for you guys of this generation when you're so used to getting exactly what you want on your phone the moment you want it. You have to wait for nothing. Yeah. And so I know that um, as a parent, um, it's one of the things I work really hard to teach my children and myself because patience is tricky. Yeah. But um, I love your list. Passion, hard work, and patience. Right on.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, I want to move into the section where you um, start to share advice for others, right? So – you're um, about, you know, in just a few weeks, like eight weeks or so, um, hundreds of thousands of students are going to be beginning um, their first semester or maybe their gap time or their transition, right, from high school into this next part of their lives. G- give them some advice as how they should best approach the, this next step in their life. What, what did you do? And what were your biggest fears when you were first, you know, starting this time in your life?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of my thought process was insecurity. What if no one liked me? What if I didn't, you know, what if? Yeah. Just a bunch of what ifs. And um, I think an important thing for you to do is to not go with expectation and to just, you know, leave yourself open to the flow. Because, you know, if you see a class you like, go do it don't don't wait for another year, don't wait for two years, just go do that class now, because college is a place where you can learn so much and you can, you know, experiment, you can play around with your classes, you can, you know, you can take a music class if you like it, you can take a videography class if you like it. So take, you know, take advantage of those resources and try new things, which is a huge thing for me, because I try to, you know, do new things whenever I can. I try to, you know, and another thing is go to college for the degree okay but go there to learn because a lot of people you know come there just for you know to get the perfect gpa to graduate with the degree but you need to also learn something from there because you know in once all this is over in like you know 30 or 40 years you want to think back and remember that you know i enjoyed taking that music class because i loved it you want to Enjoy taking classes because you were learning so much new stuff. You were enjoying things, so I think that's a huge piece of advice that I would have wanted: is to try new things, take classes that seem interesting.
0: Yeah, and and that bring you joy.
1: Yeah, exactly. That fun that and happy. bring you joy, make you yeah. happy.
0: I yeah. heard you say that earlier. You said when you took your gap semester, you just did took time off to do things that made you happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. The original, so I was was running this um, art organization called Writers' Haven, and we organized spaces for poets and um, people to share their words and their stories and their poems. So a lot of my gap semester was just time so that I could go explore this, go listen to more stories, go organize more events so that I could hear and meet these people. So, you know, if you know that you like doing something, don't get rid of it yet you know, do it for how long, it'll it'll end on its own. You'll know when it's over. You'll know when you want to move on. How so do you know? Force it.
0: How do you know?
1: It's just a feeling because when I was, you know, halfway through my gap semester, I was like, you know, I've listened to so many people. I've listened to so many stories. I've listened to, you know, I've taken in so much art and there's another way for me to do that. And that's in college. I want to go learn, you know, how to be a journalist. I want to go learn, you know, international relations topics i want to go study and i just knew that i wanted to go study and i didn't you know say to myself oh you signed up for a gap you're you should complete it i said to myself you know i've done this and um you know it's been a good few months and i want to go to college now in a lot of cases this is hard for people to do i i had the privilege of being able to do that so if it does not work for you in your situation i would not recommend it but if you can i I would recommend trying to do the things that you know make you happy but also you know focusing on making your decisions by what you feel about them and what you think about them rather than external pressure
0: yeah do you um you've talked a number of times so far about this external pressure which so many of us feel so much of the time and I'm hearing you say you're really aware of keeping your boundaries around the external noise and your internal voice. Yeah. How do you do that?
1: I think it takes time because um, for me, like, um, external pressure played a huge role until, until in high school where, um, you know, my parents wanted me to do a certain thing. Society wanted me to do a certain thing. I wanted to do a certain thing. And I think it's, navigating through understanding why they want you to do certain things because my parents thought that i like something and they didn't know what i like so you know once i had that conversation about you know i'm going to do political science and journalism because i love it and once they started seeing that i was able to put the work in to do that they were supportive so it's understanding why these external pressures exist and addressing the cause you know because in the end my parents what what want what is best for me and you know they thought a certain thing was best for me but i thought a certain thing was so just aligning that and also you know you just gotta know that external pressures exist because a lot of times people make decisions and think that they're making the decisions but it's actually an external pressure making the decision for them and they don't realize that so differentiating is important being aware is important
0: yeah i think um that's a really great place for us to close up is like this idea of being aware of yourself is so yeah, important yeah. and knowing those external pressures are going to come, they're going to yeah. come. And you have to remember to listen. You know, one of the things I appreciate about what you said a minute ago was you really listened on your gap time to what others said, but you kept checking in with yourself yeah, to see if it was yeah. right for you.
1: And, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean being aware only comes when you can listen to the people around you and I don't mean here I mean listen you take it and think about it and see whether it's right for you you don't dismiss it so yeah for sure
0: you try it on I always talk to students about you like try it on like like you're trying on a pair of shoes
1: yeah exactly that's see a good yeah. yeah it might yeah. be
0: comfortable it might be uncomfortable it, you might even walk around in it for a while but you decide if that shoe fits. Nobody else yeah. can know that for you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I
0: really appreciate you sharing about this idea um, of you and your, your parents wanting you to do one thing and you wanting to do something else because I think that's something so many students face.
1: Yeah, sure. Our yeah, parents have I mean, a
0: vision for us.
1: Yeah, parents have a vision for us and it's not wrong for them to do that. I think it's important to understand where they come from rather than then just dismissing them as they wanting to do something and you wanting to i mean you need to understand why and then address it you need to understand that they want something for you and then show them why you want something else so i think that's important to do
0: yeah thank you fantastic talking to you ashwat so great i really appreciate your time and i look forward to catching up with you hopefully in a year or so and seeing what you're up to and what you're creating
1: yes it's been so
0: great learning more about you
1: Yeah,
0: it was great talking to you. So many good nuggets from Ashwath on this week's episode. I really appreciated his pointing to this idea that we are so impatient. Where are you impatient? Are you wanting things to happen so quickly? I also loved how he talked about fear and not being afraid to try and about giving yourself time. Don't push yourself. Know your limits. Know yourself. He's really practicing building his awareness muscle so that he is in tune with him and he can create success for himself on his own time and in his own way. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're enjoying your transition and see if you can do one thing with a little bit of courage this week. Thanks for listening to University. If you liked what you heard, I'd be absolutely thrilled for you to share with a friend and equally grateful for you to pop over and rate and review on iTunes. It really helps. You can find more information and stay in touch over at university.u on Instagram or at university on Facebook. I'll look forward to seeing you there. For more information, email me at anmarie.university at gmail.com or click the link in the show notes below.